HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. Look for their newest line, Pristine, the only complete line of pet food made with responsibly sourced ingredients. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. We are sitting here with Jesse and Ann Lee of the East Side Food Festival. Welcome to the Tunes. Hello. Um, Ann Lee, we've known each other for a long time. Very long. I would say... 10 years? Maybe 15. Maybe 15 years. Oh yeah, we go go way back. Way back. (laughs) When uh, Greg and I used to come out to LA, we would stay with Ann and also DJ at Shortstop. Yeah. Shout out. Awesome, Tim. Um, and Jesse, we're... Fast friends. Fast friends. <laughs> Fast friends. Uh, but we're here today to talk about uh, a little bit of your involvement uh, in supporting the LA scene on the east side, and then also the Amazing Food Festival, which is now in its fourth, fourth year. year. Fourth annual, yeah. Fourth annual, which is awesome. That is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked on that. So let's dial it back a little bit. Um, and you are a professionally trained chef. I am, yes. I went to culinary school. How was that? I mean, it was great. I actually moved to New York for a while, and I went to a health-supported culinary school. I moved back to L.A. and, you know, cooked in kitchens and ran a catering business for five or six years, and yeah. And what made you fall in love with it? I mean, you know, you're, you, you, you did music, you did DJ nights, you, you know, did a whole lot of other creative endeavors. What drew you to food? Well, I think that... I feel like it's almost a common thing in music or, or you know, related industries when you're kind of looking to get out of it, yeah. <laughs> get out of the events, <laughs> the event production world or, you know, uh, nightlife world, I guess is what I was in prior. prior. And, it's uh, a real beast, that, 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 that <laughs> nighttime. Get you every time. Every, get you every time. <laughs> you know what? You're like, oh, that event. Yeah, let's get into it. That sounds great. And then you're like... I hate this. I hate everyone. I would <laughs> go home. just have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, so it, it just sort of seemed like, you know, so something, a path, a different path to take at the time, and I had a passion for food and so, and cooking and kind of just went went with it. Now, Jesse, you have a, you're very modest about it, but you have a... A, a large food, hunger. A large hunger for food. Yeah. And also a big producer in the music world as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we're all, we've all te- been... You know, for better or for worse, involved in the music business, te- either tangentially or, or a little bit deeper. It's a, it's a fun ride in your twenties. It is, exactly. <laughs> it's like so much fun. Exactly. So, and that, so much fun. That's it's actually what. Exactly. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and I was lucky enough to do it. We were all lucky enough to do yeah. it. Um, I, I was sort of involved in different areas of the music business, from um, from the label side, and then 
and, and like licensing and music business side and then and then more um, I guess more intensely on the production side yeah I mean who are some of the artists that you worked with um, well Sam Sparrow was the first one that I had uh, had success with with the song black and gold which ended up getting assigned to a major label and taking us around the world um, and then I've produced a bunch of other stuff and the, but then most recently banks um, yeah and, and all her stuff three three run night at the A sold out yeah last <laughs> last night was the last night yeah it's pretty awesome that's awesome um, and you also uh, are the founder of Max Hennett Studios I am um, that, that was sort of my way to get out of the music business which ended up kind of not working out <laughs> yeah I don't think you get out by building a gorgeous event space yeah. on the east side <laughs> well at least I don't have to deal with labels as much anymore no you just pass <laughs> them off to your coordinator and you're exactly. like here you go with this um, for those who are unfamiliar with Max Senate uh, quick history yeah uh, Max Senate Studios is a 101 year old sound stage in Silver Lake built by Max Senate who's the gentleman that put Charlie Chaplin and uh, all those kinds of folks watch for him movies. up and coming yeah yeah he's still hot <laughs> actor still got it still got yeah, it old Charlie um, old Charlie yeah so I I, uh, I bought it uh, about five years ago um, and brought it back to life um, and since then we've, you know, we've done an endless amount of shoots and events, yeah. um, you know, for, on, on the shoot side, you know, commercials, music videos, um, films and whatnot. And then on the event side, of course, the Eastside Food Festival, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, uh, movie screenings and live shows with Interpol and Flying Lotus and Chromeo and whatnot. Um, and then we have a, uh, a music production school in there as well, which is awesome, Point Blank, and our own production company for all our content. It's amazing. So I guess to both of you, what made it so important for you to um, start a food festival on the east side, but then also create a huge event space on the east side where... It's fine. Um, so for both of you, um, you know, being on the east side is a big part of what you do, obviously, being the east side food festival, but at Max Sands location, uh, why was it important for you to open up in a part of town that was not normally known for these types of event spaces or events? Well, I think the location kind of came just through the fact that we're friends and I have the space and, and we wanted to do something in food together. But, but as Max Senate Studios, the whole point of me bringing it back to life was to give this east side... Uh, well, the East LA or e the East Side of LA, sure, not, not East LA, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the East Side of LA and and Los Angeles in general, a home for this creative renaissance, and that includes all kinds of different creative endeavors, including food. Yeah. So then, you know, Anne and I are, are good friends, and and um, we kind of decided to band together on this. Yeah, for me, it was. I mean, at at that time, I was you know working really hard with uh, with my do with doing food. I had been involved with a couple of different food events, and then of course I had been to quite a few food festivals. And there's, you know, there's, now there's a million food festivals out there. At the time, there was still, you know, quite a few. And I just found that a lot of them, you know, the, the restaurants that were featured and, and stuff like that, it's, it's always going to be, they're always on the west side, the ones that are a little bit well-known. Yeah. They already, have, they already are, they already are well-known, and they are, they're getting all the, the love, basically. And I, I just found that the food scene in the, in the east side of L.A. is just just like blown up it's you oh, know, yeah. just like booming right now and and at that time it was it was really growing and it was really exciting and I just felt like no one was focusing or giving or shooting or you know featuring these awesome east side spots and to me it just made sense to sort of give um those lesser known or lesser highlighted restaurants you know a little little bit of the spotlight and really like you know you know let the east side shine I mean when you started approaching restaurants um, for the first year, 
what was the initial response? They were excited about it because they, a lot of them had never been asked to be in a food festival before. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is, and what it what it was at the time is that you know the, these smaller restaurants on the side that had never been asked to be in a food festival. And most of them were excited about the idea, and now what it has become, you know, since then is that it's really become a community event for the restaurants and for the vendors. The vendors love it because oh, yeah. it is about the community, and then on the east side, about that, you know, the relationships between the restaurants grow, and they become, you know, they hang out together. They like they like to come together, and 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 you know, it's part of like their sort of culture, I guess. So. You have the idea, you have the space, you have people who are excited, but how do you how do you really launch a festival? Uh, with a with a blackout, with a power outage. Oh, that's, that's right. That's how you do that's that. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so first year, <laughs> what happened? How do you do that? So yes, the first year, um, the way in which you do that is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of work, first of all. But yeah, the first year, um, of course, you know, we hope everything's going to go off without a hitch, but um, there was a... Freak power outage in the, in the in, whole, in the whole like neighborhood. neighborhood, but it was perfect weather outside. It wasn't raining, wasn't yeah. windy, and no, no one could tell why. So no one understood why the power was out. Yeah. Like everyone was just right. angry. And they were blaming me. They, as they the studio. Blamed, like, the, oh, like, right. the studio. Like if it's fault. raining yeah, and yeah. lightning, people go like, "Oh, it's now an active yeah. pod." Right, but, but it was some <laughs> underground <laughs> underground power cell that had like blown up. So it was a totally freak accident in the whole neighborhood but no one everyone thought it was like the studio didn't have power only anyway we made it happen we got two generators in on a Sunday afternoon yeah we were a little delayed but a little delayed we opened doors about an hour and a half late yeah and everyone had a good time yeah Yeah. everyone had a great time once they were inside not so much outside waiting but and then also the good news is since then nothing bad has happened. <laughs> Knock on wood, right? We got yeah. it out we got it out of the way, I think, hopefully. Um, so uh, after the first year, you know, you do the first one. How soon after doing the first one did you realize like that you had something special in your hand you wanted to keep it going? Pretty much immediately. Yeah, the day of. Like once, <laughs> once those <laughs> generators plug yeah, in. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's like, wait, what? this is like a, a real thing now. Yeah. And everybody's having a great time. And even if we can weather that and it's still a great thing, then that's a that's yeah, a good and the look. irony actually with the power outage is that it, it actually made it better for the vendors because they were sitting around for an hour where they were ready to serve food, but they couldn't serve food, and so they just hung out and drank beer and had fun for oh, like yeah. an hour, and they got to know each other, and that actually ironically is what created this sort of like community vibe I'm talking about with the yeah. vendors is that this blackout kind of like facilitated that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of uh, vendors like people love those types of festivals especially when they can just like meet people mm-hmm. crack some beers hang out get to meet their neighbors yeah. so, totally um, so we're going to take a quick musical break and then when we come back we're going to talk about this year's festival what to expect and uh, all the delicious treats and fun eats that you can have uh, we have a song coming up from the archives here on Snacky Tunes on heritageradionetwork.org
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are here with Jesse and Ann Lee Hello. of Eastside Food Festival. Uh, fourth year kicking off. It's going to be next week, October 22nd. No, no not next week. I'm going to start that over, okay. right? Wait, when is this going to be out? This is, this is coming out next Sunday, oh. so two weeks. Okay, two weeks. Two weeks, okay. Hello and welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are here with Jesse and Ann Lee of Eastside Food Festival. We are two weeks out. From the festival, yep. Uh, October 22nd. How do you feel? I always, I always, I feel like two weeks out is the like, okay, it's it's here. Yeah. And we still have a checklist, but it's exciting. Yeah. But it, you're just like, oh crap, we have a lot to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, mo- yeah, most of the work is done. It, but at this from point, side, like, well, most of it. Yeah, yeah. And ideally. Then, and then from, from on the studio side. Um, you know, we've done these obviously well three times now, yeah. and then but we also do all kinds of other sort of similar things. We do, in terms of like the production, yeah. the layout, we do the uh, Echo Park Craft Fair and whatnot, which is inside and outside too. So and the beer festival, yeah, all that stuff. So we're we're quite um, deft. Yeah, deft. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word, right? Yeah, thank you. I'll give you a word. Um, so obviously, you know, four years, people know about it. You you know, I've seen billboards in the past, but how do you get the word out? How do you get people? excited or has it just become something where people are like I know it's coming it's definitely definitely people the awareness is you know raised and people yeah. definitely know it's coming but I mean we're always trying to get the word out to new people you know we work with a lot of media great media partners to help spread the word yeah um, you know just... it's funny th- this year I've actually noticed I, th- I feel like it's sort of like a, a tipping point or whatever yeah. where now I've this is the first year that I've been asked consistently about when the food fest is happening. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. Whatever, yeah. People look forward to it, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really great when people, you know, it's so easy for people to um, sort of like knock on things and, uh, and then to see that flip when they're like, oh, this is something real and I'm actually excited about yeah. it. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, I've definitely seen people text me been like oh you said food festival like we're gonna go do this and yeah like, absolutely we're gonna yeah. do this we've been getting some nice love too uh in the press, press yeah. Yeah. yeah um i mean it's good you know a lot of these food festivals now not this one are sort of you can sort of know the lineup before they even yeah. come out and this is very much like a love letter to the community yeah and we also like we definitely one of our goals every year i mean we welcome back our you know return vendors obviously because they're really important to us but we also reach out to anyone who's you know a new a new restaurant or a new yeah. business that we, we one of our sort of like goals is to feature these like brand new places and they can get a little so people in the neighborhood or not can you know can come and try the restaurant for the first time and in in, yeah. in, the, in one place so yeah I've always found that the way to really survive as a restaurant beyond the initial hype which is so much a part of like the media um you know cycle now where it's like this is new and then two yeah. weeks later we, we're not going to talk about you talking to them yeah. to be in a community neighborhood restaurant um, and the fact that you guys support that and build the whole festival about like creating like neighborhood restaurants is awesome yeah I mean well the good news is too now it's not just like neighborhood restaurants you know the, it just so yeah. happens that the restaurants in our neighborhood happen to be world class restaurants oh yeah yeah, really. you know? <laughs> yeah so let's talk about who's coming this year let's talk about um who people can expect to uh, get a little nibble from. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, we have from our return vendor list, we have Jenny's Ice Cream. Mm. Um, yeah, everybody I loves I love Jenny. That. She's great. Uh, she, she's she's great. Twa Familia's back. They were they were with us last year as well. Just ate there yesterday. Um, oh baby. Um, and then we have you know new you know new ones like Cafe Birdie from Highland Park, which is like oh, one yeah. of Highland Park's um, sort of 
really great new spots. Also, their neighbor, RBTA, which is also a new spot, literally right next door to Cafe Verde from Highland Park, is going to be there. Um, Zach Pollock from Alimento's Casa Buona, which is like his new Italian joint, is going to be there. Solid pizza. Yeah. And those mozzarella, are they going to do the mozzarella, are they going to do mozzarella sticks? I actually don't know what Those things doing, are. But... We'll put a request in an official request. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, we Sorry, guys. I don't know what your plan was. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's a great lineup, but you know, Sawyer and Kettle Black from just down the street. Mm. Um, they mean, were great last year. Yeah. Yes. They if did you, if you haven't had that that roast chicken from them, mm. oh baby, that chicken <laughs> yeah. is deadly. See, this is me, by the way. I'm like, I'm just like the food lover. I don't even. I, I love cooking, but I don't. I'm not a good chef. But yeah. I'm like the guy who like grunts and moans. Uh, and yeah. kind of yes, yeah. We're just gonna. The, the rest of this segment is just <laughs> Anne reading off chef, <laughs> chef, and you and I going like, oh my god, that sounds so. Good. Yeah. Um, and so, so who are some of the new people? And have people? Are you now at the point where like restaurants are reaching out to you to be like, hey, we're new, we want to come do this? For sure, for sure, definitely. But I mean, some I feel like some of them, like I said earlier, um, a lot of these restaurants don't actually get asked to do food festivals normally, so it's not in their sort of scope. Yeah. And so we do have to do the reaching out to them, and many most of the time they're just really excited, like you know, because they may not have been asked before and, and it's kind of a, it goes both ways we, we get requests incoming requests all the time and then we also do a lot of outreach as well so just depends um, and beyond the food you were also having entertainment as well it's, a, it's an actual festival because it goes beyond just yeah I uh, mean just, just just like going there and stuffing your face, which is what I will be doing. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the primary goal. But, I mean, Jesse and I, like I said, are both sort of from a music background sure. and music and events background. So we always like to have, you know, live music elements. Um, Dub Lab Radio is actually curating the DJs this year. Oh, that's awesome. And Snacky Tunes will be there. With, we will. Um, um, you know, you guys are having... We're having Tangerine, Tangerine Play and uh, Homestay, and we're doing a panel on... Cheese. No, we're doing a panel a panel on what it means to be working with your sibling. Oh right, yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, just, I just started working with my sibling, and it's a glorious. Endeavor. It's a glorious thing. It's and when you're when you're not celebrating that we did this as a family, you're probably throwing like helmet makers in your right, face. Yeah. Um, no, there might be. A fist, I don't know. Maybe there's a fist fight. Maybe there's stuff <laughs> in the uh, panel where it's uh, they pull stuff out from like. Sick. Remember when oh, you were man. six? Yeah, that's an entertainment. Oh yeah. Uh, quality entertainment. Quality entertainment. Um, and then you're also doing some stuff with uh, edibles. Yes, we a have lot of stuff. Cannabis Corner this year, which is a, a whole new world here in California. So, uh, yeah, we have a Cannabis Corner, which is a section of the food vendors where we have three uh, culinary cannabis, you know, uh, cannabis infused food. And it's actually food. It's not just like you know, you go to the. It's not like just candy. They're actually chefs cooking food with cannabis uh, so you it's like there's like they make a watermelon gazpacho and stuff like that so interesting and then we have a cannabis cooking 101 food demonstration um, where, you, where you can actually sit and watch and learn the techniques to infuse your own food with cannabis products so you're gonna want to do that you're gonna want to <laughs> do that you can probably stop there if you eat get full Go to Cannabis Corner and <laughs> yeah. make another lap, right? Rinse and yeah. repeat. Keep it going. Um, and drinks, what's going to be on tap? Oh, so we have so many good drinks today. Actually, we have some great partnerships happening. Um, Winsome Restaurant is actually running the bar for uh, Ventura Spirits, which they're doing, I think, a gin. Uh, Wilder Gin is called. Um, Get to a, I mean, you want to talk about a fight on a Sunday. <laughs> Wilder Gin. Do, go, do, go talk to my sibling about... Uh, more gross. Working together and uh, have some gin. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Bar Angeles is, is uh, curating a cocktail for Amaro Angelino, which is another local brand. Mm. Um, the new bar and restaurant, Tabula Rasa Bar, um, is actually, they're going to curate the wines. So it's going to be a really great selection Ooh. of wine from them. Um, we have Angel City Brewery coming with a beer again. Love it's all them. local, really great local brands um, on the drinking side, and it's going to be a really good selection. Our Los Angeles Vodka is coming again. They I love those people, yeah. and they they're cool because they do our fill in the blank of the city, right? Yeah, they yeah. have different. You could, like our when I was in Berlin, there's, there's our Berlin, there's our Amsterdam, this is our Los Angeles, it's our Good version people. of the R. It's such yeah. a cool con. It's <laughs> so <laughs> cool. Yeah, I remember I. Found them when I discovered the Mad East Side Food Festival. It's like, it's like uh, when Ludacris uh, talking about all the different area codes. So you can, oh, yeah. so you can go to any city and <laughs> yeah. be like on top of the world. Yeah, it's like I'm not I'm not cheating on my favorite brand yeah. because I have this brand right it here. It says your city right here. It says here. my city right it's here. Yeah. It's so smart. It's so smart. Um, so, you know, as you enter your fourth year and, you know, you look to the future, you know, what do you hope to see in the next couple of years? What do you want people to take away from this festival? I mean, I, I just hope that they have fun. That's what I mean. That's first, you get have fun, get full, and then I really hope that they go to the restaurants and support the restaurants yeah. ongoingly because in the end, for the restaurants, that is the goal, and we are doing it in support of them. And if they don't, you know, we want them to. You know, hopefully, this gets people's butts and seats in restaurants and in, 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 in the east side. So that's kind of the goal. Yeah, forks to mouths. <laughs> yeah, forks to mouths. Did you just come up with that? Yeah. So just, man, Damn. Just firing all just, he is, he is on, oh, on fire. Yeah. Uh, the other one said death, so huh? I'm going to give you that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so if people want to come, where can they get tickets? Where can they go? Where can they follow all information? Yeah, sure. East, Eastsidefoodfest.com is the website. Uh, ticket link is on there. Um, most, you know, all the info. The, the, there's a lot of our programming and on vendors that we haven't mentioned, and so all that info will be there. Um, tickets, you know, through Eventbrite if you want to go there. Yeah. You can, the link will be in the website. Sign up for our mailing list in the website. All yeah. Sorts, all sorts of stuff. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, I'm going to start uh, my diet now so I can just <laughs> be full of, of gin and. Gin and Good Bites. That's it. Um, Gin and Bites. Gin and Bites. Uh, we have another song from the archives on Snacky Tunes, then a live band in-house coming up after the break on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Yeah, what's up? I was just wondering, could you come? Yeah, she's turning over the reverb. Okay, here we go. Sound of another 
This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. You put a lot of care and thought into what you eat. After all, you're a food radio listener. That thoughtfulness goes hand in paw with how you feed your pets. Purposeful pet food doesn't happen by accident. Castor and Pollux scours the earth to carefully select the best organic and responsibly sourced ingredients. New Pristine from Castor and Pollux is the only complete line of pet food made with ingredients that are responsibly raised, caught, or grown. Feed your dog or cat the new standard, like grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, and vegetables grown without synthetic fertilizers or chemical pesticides. 
Pristine from Castor and Pollux. Purposeful pet food. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. Welcome back. We have Elijah in studio. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Do you want to introduce the band since they are going to sit here and be yes. uh, silent observers? Absolutely. Right here on Lap Steel. This is Lewis Cohen. He plays lap steel and guitar. It's Dylan Debiaze on the bass right there. That's Stu Pender all the way next to you on the guitar. Hey guys. I think this is like the only time, the second time we've had uh, steel guitar in here. So I'm very excited. I love the sound of it. I don't know why I don't book more of them. It's such like a nice Sunday afternoon sound. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, I literally I was recording this new record and I, I think I, I had him do like one song on the record and literally like I, I don't know, I think I texted you like a week later and I was like, dude, can you actually just record on every single song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just Spell like, I feel like, um, as well, I mean, today does not indication, but we may be easing to fall at some point in mm-hmm. the in the near future. Um, like a steel guitar Sunday just sounds like a really nice, <laughs> like kind of like a fire, some whiskey. Yeah. You know. <laughs> sounds like a Spotify playlist right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> After this, we're going to cancel our, the rest of our evening plans and make our, our, our steel pedal playlist. Yeah. So you grew up in Woods, Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. Which is like one of those things you kind of got to thank your parents for because mm-hmm. you could grow up in any town, but you grew up in a town that has such a rich musical history. And you had some pretty amazing moments growing up there with some of the studios that are up there. It's true, yeah. It's true. I mean, I I got to learn a bit from Levon Helm up in his studio. And Man. Yeah, it's cool. I remember there's a studio right next to my dad's house, Dreamland, and at one point Fleet Foxes were recording Helplessness Blues there, and every night when I'd go to bed, I'd hear them <laughs> recording it. It was so cool. It's Woodstock. And, and what was it like uh, being there with Levon Helms up there? I mean, did you learn from him? Did you get to, like, any education? Did you kind of sit outside and be like, hey, mister, show me some chords? You know, he's the kind of guy who would just kind of come up to me. I'd be sweeping the floors. You know, I did lights a little bit, which was, I have no experience doing lights, so I don't know why I in did the, them. Wait, you did lights in the studio? or just... So they have the ramble every Saturday, so right. they put on live shows. Yeah, and he's the kind of guy who would just come up to you. He'd see you do something as small as sweep the floors and he'd say like hey what's up man how are you doing and you know he's like don't hold the broom like that hold it like yeah this. exactly <laughs> exactly yeah he's a cool guy i i got i got a lot of experience with him before he passed and what are some of the things that i mean you know there's when people are early in their career it's obviously going to be different type of advice than you know later in their career what was some of the more broad stroke advice that he gave you when you were starting out that you know just seemed kind of simple but really held a lot of sway as you began to pick up your chops yeah, well, you know, he's talking about Levon specifically. Yeah. Well, Levon actually gave me one piece of advice. That it's a little vulgar, so I can't actually say it. You can say it. Well, I, it, it's, it's okay, but I'll give you the, the idea <laughs> of it, which is basically <laughs> right before I was going to music school, which is where I met a lot of these guys, you know, he, uh, he said, well, he basically told me to always choose music, no matter what. No matter what. Okay. When you're on the road, when things get rough, if you're, you know, whatever, no matter where you are in life, just like... As, as long as it's your passion, just stay focused. As opposed to anything else, fill in the blanks. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> and you went to a Music Conservatory uh, Purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. And you also had incredible... Mitski was with you and a, a yeah, few yeah. other people, which is also who is amazing and yeah. incredible. One yeah. of the best live performance. Yeah, our drummer, who's not here, actually, he's <laughs> not feeling well today, unfortunately, but he uh, he is her drummer as well. So there's a lot of crossover. We're really good friends and, yeah... Mitski's awesome. I love her. And what were some of the things that you picked up or began to refine once you got to school versus, you know, your kind of early days for sweeping education? 
<laughs> uh, hmm, that's a tricky one. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, well, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um, and what were some of the things that, like, that you when you were leaving school that you took with you as you went into um, writing your first EP? Uh, well, you know, it, I mean, a lot of different music tools, first of all, first and foremost. But also directly after graduating, which was a really funny experience, Stu and I went out on like a, you know, a really crazy tour with the Gypsy Kings. So basically, right after we got home from touring with the Gypsy Kings, <laughs> which was really a funny pair, we, uh, I, I wrote that first EP. Um, and what was it like being, and how old were you when you went on that, and how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, uh, we had a manager at the, same, at the time who was also their manager. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it wasn't as crazy as it sounds. But it was really funny. I mean, there wasn't like, you know, we didn't we don't speak the same language, but we somehow got along with them. We played soccer with them before the shows and we played in, you know, crazy theaters, which was just like the people were coming to dance to Bombalaya, not seeing like an, an indie rock band from Brooklyn. But it somehow worked out. It was cool. And again, like another amazing experience early in your career. What did you even though you didn't speak the same language, like what did you take for them or what were some of the things that you learned from performing alongside them and, and watching them play every night? Well, those guys are incredible guitarists. So I think Stu, really, I remember at one point you were actually, like, hanging out with them, practicing different things, right? They showed me some stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was, like, trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so they, they were really cool guys, and they're also, like, there was this sense of, like, there was no real conversation. It was just like every time we saw each other, there was just this like excitement. Just like you're here, I'm here. Yeah, you know, let's play soccer. Let's play a set. To you know, we we they would come up and play some songs with us, and there was just this excitement that was just like it's so cool. It kind of, I learned a lot from that, just on like a human level. Right. I mean, once you strip away language, I mean, it's it's kind of a cliche to say that like music is a universal language. Yeah. But when yeah. you hear those stories, like music is a universal yeah, language. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's true. It's very true. Can we hear a song? Yeah, absolutely. What are you guys going to play for us first? This is everything I know, and actually I wrote it while on tour with the Gypsy Kings after they taught me a song of theirs, and I used just this one chord, which is what stemmed from it. Perfect. Well, here we go live on Snacky Tunes. So quickly 
somewhere in my mind grows an empty place I call home for you to come on home. You mentioned working on your first EP after touring with Gypsy Kings. Mm -hmm. What was the process in writing that, and how did you begin to pull together your first musical output? Yeah, well, you know, it's a lot different from the record that, you know, I just finished. Just in that, I had just moved from Brooklyn from graduating at the conservatory, and I was a little bit more inspired by, you know, the Gypsy Kings taught us about... I spent, actually, some time in, in France with them, in Montpellier, in the south of France, and I uh, was in the studio with a couple of them, and you know, they would teach me as best as they could, you know, without speaking the same language, taught me a little bit about, like, traditional styles of, of dance music. So I got back, and I was a little bit more inspired by sort of, like, something a little bit more upbeat, a little more, you know, dancey, I, I guess you could say. So I kind of combined, like, the first couple songs on the EP were sort of taken from that excitement, that energy, and the last two songs sort of came more from my folk background, my sort of country folk background of growing up in the in in the Catskill Mountains, where you know most people play acoustic guitar. But um, yeah, I just sort of tried to combine them a little bit. And I'm curious about the way that they they taught you without any of the language. You know, did they just show you songs, or did they show you methods, or how to like? Yeah, oh, I think I think Stu can speak to this one. <laughs> These guys were like the. I, I, I don't know. Just, like, such high energy. they kind of, like, be running around smiling all the time. Yeah. Like, there would be a guitar in someone's hand, and they just kind of, we'd, like, we would just, like, play, kind of, like, play songs back and forth at each other. And Yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember. much talking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I remember, uh, I think a good example of that is right before we played the Beacon Theater, 
we um we were just in our dressing room sort of rehearsing. We were playing I'm on Fire by Bruce Springsteen <laughs> with the Gypsy Kings. You know, they came up and they played it with us. I should also note that most of the Gypsy Kings are our age. It's like two main old guys and then their sons. Oh, interesting. So yeah, they, I they, should they, mention they, that. They've, they've, swapped out, um, they've swapped out some of the older members. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are like in their 20s. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's not, Fair enough. It's not like we're hanging out with a bunch of, you know, which would have been cool too. And those guys I, are great as well. But. I really pre- appreciate the clarification because in my mind, up until you said that, I was like, it's you guys and a bunch of 60-year-olds. I know, yeah. And it's like Bumbleo. Uh, yeah. And they've got like a tie that's almost always untied. Yeah, exactly. Like, can, yeah, okay. Exactly. So the, the gypsy... Princes. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I remember though, we were in our dressing room and we were just playing like we're just rehearsing it. And it's just you know, it starts with that just just E major. And I remember I don't remember what, which one, what what he showed us, but one of the Gypsy Kings in you know in his broken English was like, oh, try this, and just played like a really beautiful inversion of the chord. That I I don't remember what it was, but he showed us, and it was really cool. Is it those moments, you know, is those moments where they just show us things. They like you know they'd say, oh, try to play it this way. And I don't remember any of it, but it was awesome. <laughs> and then the Beacon Theater show was kind of like the culmination of all the, kind of all roads led to that, right? It was a huge... It was crazy, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first EP came out and you got a couple song placements on there and it kind of took you guys on to the next leg of the of the career. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, a lot of placements came before that, which is sort of what led to the Gypsy King story a little bit. And then that one was sort of, yeah, we got a couple placements, which was fun. Um, and that sort of led to... You know, after that, I was like, I need to make an album. I need to sort of put the EP aside and just make an album. There's a lot of throwing things away and re-recording and rewriting and going back and forth. And yeah, we're gonna talk about it in a second. But let's hear another song. Cool. What are you gonna play for us now? It's another song off that EP. This is called Wild Child. Here we go live on Snacky Tunes.
Talk about recording stuff, throwing away, recording stuff, throwing uh-huh. away, recording stuff, throwing away. This new debut record is self-produced, self-engineered, solo vibes. Mm-hmm. How do you figure out what works and what doesn't work when it's just you in a room in your own head? I think you have a little bit more of, of uh, room room to grow. I mean, it's always great to have people there to collaborate with and to... I mean, which is, this is what I did, you know, you know, with the uh, other musicians who played on it. But it's it's difficult. Also, you know, like like Lewis here played lap steel on the whole record, but I didn't I didn't really give you much direction. I just kind of showed you a song and said play lap steel on it. So for that, you know, I have ideas in my head, but I can I need I need collaborators. I you know, but to answer your question, you know, I uh, being in a room alone with nothing but you, you, your laptop open and your DAW and whatever and your instruments next to you. There's a lot of chance to try things, see what works, see what doesn't work. I went through like maybe six versions of all of these songs, you know, and then pretty much ended up with like <laughs> acoustic guitar and lap steel. You know, it was like before before that they were like electronic dance songs or something. And then I realized, well, wait a second, I'm not really. I want to make like you know something a little bit more true to myself. And a lot of the creative process, especially when you bring cr- collaborators, is giving them space to be who they are yeah uh, otherwise you're just trying to like make them your instrument which never mm-hmm. really works or it's like lowest common denominator creative yeah. process yeah totally so it's interesting to hear that you did this with the lap steel but it's also interesting like what when was the kind of breaking point that you realized that you wanted to get back to yourself you know that you got out of the dance music mm-hmm. got out of brooklyn yeah washed yourself of the gypsy kings like what was the yeah. what was the turning point that's a really good question actually and i've thought about it a little bit because i did go through i've lived here for like you know a little over two years now I've gone through so many different genres where I've been into this phase and this phase and my music reflects it. I think what happened was just like this past spring, I uh, just was listening to a lot of the old bands that I adore, that would I or my favorite bands now, Built a Spill, Modest Mouse. I was listening to a lot of those sort of, you know, guitar-heavy rock bands that come from folk music, ultimately, in my opinion. They have a lot of folk melodies and they lend from different you know, American folk tunes. I, uh, I just went through a sort of, sort of an experience where I just realized this is this is the music I love and this is you know I'm I'm glad I explored so many different genres but this is what I want to create. You heard Doug Marsh just like picking at that one string. Yeah, and exactly. And like I want that. Yeah, I want all of yes, that. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I love I love his writing. So what are the plans for the record? Is it done? Is it ready to come out? It's, it's done. done. It's done. I'm not sure I can, you know, really talk to you know i can't really say much at this point just because we're still figuring out the details the release plans. oh a mystery yeah yeah exactly i would tell you if i if i knew or if i could or all of that but that's totally fine it's done which is <laughs> congratulations <laughs> thank you thank you what was that feeling when you i mean if for something that's self-produced and self-engineered um how did you know it was done i that's a good question too it was that point where i just sort of I, I realized there was nothing else I could put on it. You know, I listened to those songs like the night of 
you know what I would think would be the the finished, or I'd put an uh, an instrument on it and I'd listen to it that night, sort of get away from it for a little bit and then listen to it later on. And I uh, I, I kept thinking, you know, I'd, if if it wasn't if it didn't feel right, I would record another instrument on it, and if not. There just came a point where I didn't want to put anything else, and I just sent it to get mixed and mastered. And that kicked it out the door. Yeah. I mean, some people are, you know, it's never done, and then they never put anything out, and some people just rush out the door. Yeah, exactly. So some people are like, you know, 67%. Yeah. Let's get that. Some people are 100% never put it out. What percentage are <laughs> you of like, then you're like, okay, this is like, it's never going to be 100%, but it'll, you know, I'm good at this. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm always really like pretty hard on my writing so i there's i will say this i'm really proud of it this is the first thing i've ever done that i'm just 100 percent like I, I can't wait to share this with people perfect yeah any shows coming up in the in the meantime oh man well th- this week but i i don't you can say it what's this thursday but that's fine okay all right sure this thursday we're doing a showcase at um a space it's on our, you know, ElijahMusic.nyc. If you go there, you'll find all of our information, and there'll there'll be shows. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, we want to make sure we have time for one more song. Uh, big thanks to our food guest earlier today. Shout out to my brother Darren. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes, leave us a comment, give us a rating, and we are going to be back next week with another live episode of Snacky Tunes. What are you gonna play for us? This is a song from the new record. Yes. Yeah. Here is you it go. named? Yeah, everything I know. Perfect. Nope. 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 Just kidding. (laughs) It's called Tell Him. It's called Tell Him. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. One, two, three.
We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.